This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. Verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there be anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, today we continue our sermon series and study on uh, prayer based on the book Before Amen by Max Lucado. And we've been using the pocket prayer that Max provides that is a, a simpler version, a broken down version, if you will, of the Lord's Prayer and what the study is based on. So hopefully uh, you've been referring to it or you remember it or, or have one of the cards. There's a few more in the back. Uh, but we're going, we're going to test and see, see who remembers this prayer. So I invite you to join with me. Father, you are good. I need help. They need help. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to go with a C on that. So you know I'll do it again next week so you have a week to practice. But last week we talked about that when Jesus began the Lord's Prayer, he didn't start it with, with this formality. We say our Father who art in heaven. We use the King James versions typically. But he uses the word Abba. The word Father translates it's the word Abba, and it means dad or daddy. It's a very intimate, which says that our prayers are supposed to be intimate. It's just us talking to our father, our dad in heaven. And this week, today, we are talking about admitting that we need help. Of just crying out to God and saying, God, I need help. And then telling him what we need help with. And uh, in preparing for this, I, I thought I, uh, I found a story. And if you've heard this, uh, just play along. <laughs> for those that haven't, but uh, I found a story of someone who uh, struggled to ask for help and tried to do the job alone. So this is what it says. It says, Dear Sir, I am writing a response to your request for additional information for my insurance claim. In block number three of the accident form, I wrote, trying to do the job alone as the cause of my accident. You said in your letter that I should explain that statement more fully. I trust the following details will be sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the date of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered that I had about 500 pounds of bricks left over. 
Rather than carrying the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley which was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor level. Securing the rope at the ground, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, loaded the bricks into it, and then I went back to the ground and untied the rope. <laughs> pulling it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of bricks. You'll note in block number 22 of the claim form that my weight is 150 pounds. <laughs> Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded up the side of the building at a very rapid rate of speed. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains my fractured skull and collarbone. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid descent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. By this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel then weighed approximately 50 pounds. I refer you again to the information in block number 11 regarding my weight. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. The accounts for the two fractured ankles and lacerations of my legs and lower body. The second encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell onto the pile of bricks. Unfortunately, only three vertebrae were cracked. I am sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in pain, unable to stand and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. The empty barrel weighed more than the rope, so it came down upon me and broke both of my legs. I hope I have furnished information sufficient to explain why trying to do the job alone was the stated cause of my accident. Sincerely, a bricklayer. <laughs> it seems to take a lot for us to ask for help. Now, now, some are more used to it, others aren't. And there are things that can affect our willingness to help that come from our childhood. The type of messages we got when asking for help when we were young, whether our family placed more value on doing it yourself or letting others in, or how the people in our life responded when you did attempt to reach out in childhood. I saw an anonymous quote this week that said something that I really liked. It said, asking for help doesn't mean you're weak. It only means you're wise. It's wise for us to admit when we need help. And today we're talking about telling God and crying out to God and saying, I need help, admitting it when we do. And in our readings for this week, Mike, Max rather, shares about every parent's dread when they buy a toy for their child Open the box and see the words, some assembly required. The second worst one is batteries not included. Like most of you, I've put together my share of some assembly required items, bookshelves for offices, toys for my kids, and even foosball tables for youth rooms. Max goes on to point out that life too is some assembly required. As we go through life, we, we slowly assemble what we want our lives to look, look like. And it might be different for all of us, how, how our homes, our careers, our families, our relationships, our hobbies, we are constantly putting the pieces of our lives together, trying to build what we want it to look like. 
Sometimes this can cause us a great deal of stress when things aren't coming together as we'd hoped, when, when pieces are, are missing or, or go missing, when some pieces don't seem to fit like we thought they would. As Christians, the problem is, who is doing the assembling? All through life, we should be asking for God's help as we build. We should be following his will for us, his instructions, not just how we want our lives to look, but how he wants our lives to look. And when we build our lives without God's instructions, we're left to, to use what we see around us. We might try to, to mimic what somebody else has built. We might listen to the world and follow their instructions for what the world tells us our lives should look like. Think about it this way. When you were young and first starting out, how much advice did you get from the elders around you? Advice on, on jobs and advice on, on getting married and buying a home and having children. Like the world, it's not as, as the same as it used to be, but it used to be like you had to almost, it was like this, you have to do this, and then you have to do this, and there was almost a checklist that you had to do to build your life. As we've discussed before, though, in our lives, we will have trouble. Jesus even said this to the disciples, but he also told them, but take heart because I have overcome the world. When we're struggling, when we have trouble, we need to take it to our Heavenly Father. Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7, that Christine just read, I'm going to read it from the NIV Reader's Translation, which says this, Don't worry about anything. No matter what happens, tell God about everything. Ask and pray and give thanks to Him. Then God's peace will watch over your hearts and your minds. He will do this because you belong to Christ Jesus. God's peace can never be completely understood. I love that part. Max says that an unprayed for problem is like a thorn, or even equate it to a pebble in your shoe if you've ever gotten a small rock in your shoe. It's always going to be poking and festering, and many times we'll, we'll take something to God when we can't take it anymore. You know, eventually you finally take that shoe off and you take the rock out. We'll take the problem to God, but what if... When the problem first presented itself, we took it to God right away. What if when it first started to happen, say, God, I need your help, and I know I'm going to need your help in this. Instead of saying, God, I can't take it anymore, what if we said, God, I know I'm not going to be able to take it? What if we immediately say, I need help? Sometimes, though, our sibling can also run into problems because of the choices we make. It could be sin in our lives. It could just be a bad decision. A foolish decision. Something that negatively affects us and leaves us feeling guilty for the choices we've made. Like that thorn, guilt can haunt and affect us. Max actually goes a little further with how he explains guilt and how he thinks it affects us. He says that guilt is like a tattoo on your heart. Now we've all seen pictures of people that have gotten tattoos You've seen the one, the, probably the most famous one is the one that is supposed to say no regrets, and I think it says no regrets because they spelled it wrong. And so we've seen those bad tattoos where somebody gets a tattoo and the, and the words don't come out right and something's misspelled. Or maybe somebody gets that tattoo and, and professes their love for somebody and puts their name on them only to get broken up with a few weeks or months later. And now all of a sudden this person broke your heart and there's their name to remind you that they broke your heart. <laughs> Max asks this question in, the, in the, our readings for today that I want to ask you today. And this is a hard question to, if you really think about it. And, and it's one of the things that I've noticed as, I, as I've gotten older, that you tend to revisit things a little bit more. And you tend to 
I wish I would have done this. I wish I hadn't done that. And the older you get, the more you start to think about those things. So this is what he says. If your guilt, if the things that you still carry with you manifested themselves as tattoos on your body, what would you look like? If the things that you've done, the, the, not even the things you've done, the things you still carry, there's a difference. It's not what you've done, it's what you've refused to let go of. If there's things that you've still carried were to show up as tattoos on your body, how would that look? What would it say? Would you be covered in these tattoos or would you be spotless because you know that you've given it all to Jesus and that you're forgiven for these things? Max explains in the book that he thinks there are two types of souls, that there are defensive souls and there are defeated souls when it comes to guilt. He said defensive souls hide their skeletons in their closet. They don't speak of them. They're still there, but they pretend they don't exist, but they still haunt them. And then he says there are also defeated souls. And defeated souls are those who, who admit their mistakes, let everybody know, but they also let their mistakes define who they are. They don't see themselves as, as children of God. They see themselves as their mistakes. They are mistakes. Psalm 103, chapter 8 through 12 says this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Our Father in heaven, our dad, is a forgiving God. He's ready to forgive our mistakes. All we have to do is ask. All we have to do is say, I need help. I can't carry this guilt anymore. Please forgive me and help me forgive myself. We just have to confess our mistakes and, and ask him to take away that guilt and remove that tattoo from our heart. And then we can even ask him to help us fix the damage that maybe our choices have caused in our lives, or maybe even in the lives of others. Sometimes, though, as we are assembling our lives, things happen that we can't control. There are unforeseen circumstances. Sometimes an illness or a sickness can affect our lives. It could be a physical ailment. It could be a mental health issue. When sickness comes, it often leaves us wondering, why? Why me? Why now? Why not them? Max says that many times the same heart that's saying, the Lord is my shepherd, is also crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, I grew up believing that when illness happened, it was God trying to get our attention. I didn't grow up thinking that God was compassionate and gracious. I grew up thinking that God was angry, that God was looking out to get us. That's how I grew up. Don't misstep, or God's going to let you have it. I don't see God like that anymore. I see God like a heavenly father, like a dad. I believe that illness still happens, but I believe it happens because we live in a sinful, dying world. 
This is not the world that God intended for us. We messed that up. And because of that, we now live in a world where death and disease is now a reality for us. When illness strikes, we pray for healing, but many times that healing doesn't come. But as it's stated in our readings, Max says that eventually it will. It might be today, it might be tomorrow, but we may have to wait until eternity. And I don't know about you, but that's difficult for me to hear, especially when it's me or somebody I love and care for who's sick and I pray for that healing. The last thing I want to hear is, well, don't worry, they will heal eventually. If it's not today or tomorrow, they'll heal when they die and they see Jesus face to face because that's not a reality I want to face. But it's still true. But I still think when that sickness comes, we need to cry out. We need to cry out, I need help. Please heal me. Please take this away. And if it's not your will, then please use this to bring me closer to you and to your will for me. What if when we pray and, and healing doesn't come, what if our next prayer is, God, please use this to change me and to change the people around me. How many times have we heard stories of somebody that's struggled and somebody that's dealt with a sickness? And how many times have you looked at them and thought, boy, I couldn't be that way because of their strength and how they dealt with, with what they have? And you hear stories about how they encourage the people around them. We often see this a lot with children that have terminal illness. And you see stories about how much they and their, their faith and their just how they dealt with it and how it encouraged the people around them. And what a joy they brought even in the middle of their sickness. So this morning, what do you need God's help with? When you hear, I need help, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Is it guidance? Is it forgiveness? Is it healing? Is it something else? This morning, let's not wait to ask for help. Let's not wait until that thorn is festered. Let's ask for that help now. Let's say, God, I need help. Let's take our problems to our Heavenly Father. Let us pray. Dear God, we just thank you for a chance to come be here today and we just thank you for knowing that you are our heavenly father that you are compassionate that you are gracious and that you care that you will heal that you will forgive it may not look how we want it to look but we have the assurance that it does and will happen we ask this in jesus name